this week, stop eating my sesame cake. Because it's time to watch Congo. This body counts in beer. Hello and welcome to another edition of Body Counts and Beer. I'm Mark Rosenthal. I'm Patrick Bromley. I'm one ugly gorilla, John Rooney Taylor. (laughs) And this week we are finally discussing (laughs) my white whale. (laughs) My... Your silver-backed gorilla. That's right. Congo! 1995's Frank Marshall-directed, Michael Crichton-based movie about basically nothing... And gorillas, Congo. I liked it. Yeah, right? that was yeah. nice. Yeah, yeah. 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 You should, you should probably like sell that music. I, I mean, that's. Yeah, if we mail this podcast to myself, that's like a poor man's copyright. Yeah, absolutely. It totally works that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that that's why I I'm, I'm able to distribute all the copies of Godfather Two now. I just <laughs> mailed that VHS to myself years ago. <laughs> I'm raking it in. (laughs) Uh, So, Congo, the film, if we can call it that, I will. It's the best. Let's do it. Uh, Film. It's got so many film people in it. It's true. That's right. It is a loaded cast, y'all. We'll we'll get through that as we go. Uh, It begins, like all movies do, in Africa. Yeah. Where you bless the rains. That's true. We talk about the things, or we, we do the things we said we never... Nope. Those lyrics have left my brain. I made too many uh, Toto jokes during the watching of this movie <laughs> that I bless I'm all the rains tapped out. Down in Africa. Uh-huh. Gotta take some time to do the things we never had. Oh, okay. Ooh, right. ooh, ooh. I'm sorry, that's a Weezer song that you're singing? How fucking dare you, sir? Uh, No, I heard it and saw the music video starring Weird Al Yankovic. That's the only thing that version of the song has going for it, is that Weird Al (laughs) appears in the video version for it. It took me an embarrassingly long time to realize that, oh, that's him. Yeah. Because I clicked on it specifically because it said starring Weird Al Yankovic, and I'm like, I like myself some Weird Al Yankovic. And then I was like, I'm watching Stupid Weezer. And then he started doing some goofy dance moves. I'm like, guys, you tricked me done good. That's true. <laughs> now hold the line, guys, before we go too much further into all these Georgie Porgy Toto references. Uh, but uh, Was Georgie Porgy the producer of Toto? <laughs> is it just a Toto song? <laughs> is it? It is. Oh, it's on their boy. first album. It's the smoothest, funkiest, <laughs> white guy soul jazz song you've ever heard. Nice. Oof. Uh, I'm not your situation. I just need contemplation over you. But do but do it's a great song. You think any uh, ex-girlfriends use that song? I'm not so systematic. Song? It's just that I'm an addict for your love. To break up with the situation. That's right. A goof so good, I had to hold on to it through two instrument breaks. You mean tax evader Mike Sorrentino? Correct. Okay. Congo, the film, begins with trucks driving through the vast... Yeah, they drive over over plains. They drive near mountains. They, they drive over through mountains. Trains and automobiles. So, 
sometimes there's roads, sometimes there's not. Frequently there aren't. Yeah. Yeah. Where we're going, we don't need any roads. Lozo Wildlife. Have you ever seen a giraffe? Well, buddy, we've got several. (laughs) I feel like there's only three giraffes in this movie that they just show over and over again. Oh, yeah, definitely. Because they didn't want to pay for extra giraffes. Right, the giraffes just duck behind a bush, put on a different hat. We don't know the difference. Now, here's the thing. The giraffes were clearly uh, not super prepared to be in these movies because they always enter frame, stare right at the camera like, are we're, we're going? Did I, did I didn't hear go, but it looks like we're going. Is this, is this right? Am, am I good? Uh, okay, we'll, we'll back up and we'll, we'll try it again, I guess. Uh, yeah, the giraffes keep missing their mark. Yeah, true. I guess they didn't use enough glow tape on the jungle floor. Yeah. Well, the giraffes' heads are so far away from the floors. That's you true. Use some big glow tape. That's true. They should have gotten some cheaters. Yeah. No, the cheetahs would eat the giraffes, you fool. <laughs> yeah, but they make you look so much better. <laughs> so uh, it's a uh, a African expedition uh, by the telecommunications company Travacom. You know they- how telecommunications companies frequently send uh, fucking people into the jungle? Absolutely well, true. Well, they go there and they're being led by uh, none other than Mr. Bubba Hotep himself, Bruce Campbell, uh, who had originally auditioned for the role that Dylan Walsh plays in this movie, was given this tiny role as compensation. Oh, man. Yeah. It would have been so much better. It would have been real good. Yeah. So uh, He would go on to basically play that character in Burn Notice, though. So. Nice. He, well, he plays more like the Laura Linney part. Like yeah. the fucked up CIA agent. The washed up... Well, he's like a Laura Linney after the events of Congo. Right. <laughs> Uh, so, anyways, uh, there's sort of like this, like little, like radio satellite com between. Uh, yeah, trying to kill the video star. Yes, right. Mm-hmm. Um, As an act of revenge. <laughs> Damn dirty video star. <laughs> Think uh, you can kill me? I kill you back. <laughs> Uh, so Travacom, uh, based in Houston, is having a little satellite link up with Laura Lenny. That's why they kept saying Houston. Yes. I get it now. <laughs> yeah, no, All right. Houston. They gave us a little title card. At the I thought, why well, must I miss that title card? My mind was still blown by the words Congo written in, I'm going to say, like, Times New Roman? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's the basest of fonts. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so they're having a little time between uh, uh, Laura Linney, uh, who plays Karen Ross, Dr. She'll Karen be Ross. your Laura, Laura Dern of the movie. Yes. And just like Laura Dern, has looked exactly the same for 30 years. And <laughs> really pulls off vests very well. Yeah, oh, she's yeah. got, yeah. yeah. Guest, vest game on point. <laughs> Correct. Uh, and she's uh, with her boss, played by uh, Sheriff <laughs> Buford Pusser, a walking tall himself. Uh, the star of, the real star of GoldenEye, Jodan Baker. Mitchell himself. Mm-hmm. Nice. That's right. Who plays Travis? Uh, he plays Travicom. The angry screaming of Travis. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he can communicate only in unhinged yelling. Right. He wants a diamond. Just one. Uh, well, here's the thing. He should have gone to Jared's. Oh, yeah, obviously. Are you sure? Because yeah. I've heard that every kiss begins with a K. Oh, he's not looking for a kiss, my no, friend. No, no. <laughs> he's looking for a cash machine. Ooh, that's right. <laughs> See, Bruce Campbell, uh, who plays a guy named Charlie, is down in the uh, the Virungo region of the Congo to find diamonds because these diamonds will be used to power some kind of laser beam that will be the newest wave in telecommunications, telecommunications technology. Um, so this he, laser beam he demonstrates by setting a plant on fire. 
Yes. Yeah. That's true. That's how you all... Yeah, you know, like how you... Uh, it was too early for human trials, Patrick. I mean, it's fair. You it's always test your fair. moonshine by pouring a little in a cap and lighting it on fire. You always test your lasers on shrubs. That's just <laughs> the rule of the outback, my Duh. friend. Yeah. Uh, so uh, he sh- shows it off and everyone's so excited they'll link up in a little bit. Then his buddy Jeffrey comes and he's like, you gotta check this out. I just discovered the greatest thing ever. They dive through a little bit of brown chocolate Willy Wonka water under a little hole. And uh, they're like, let me just get my bag while we do this. And then Jeffrey disappears and... uh, there are some ancient ruins. Yeah, some yeah. ancient ruins that look very suspiciously like Angkor Wat. <laughs> very suspiciously. Uh, but uh, it, it sorry, was made out of foam. Yeah. You're mispronouncing it. It's Unkar Plock. Oh, you're right. I'm yeah. so sorry. You should be. <laughs> because at that point, it's when Bruce Campbell pulls out one quarter portion of a Hershey bar. Correct. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that was a great Unkar Plot impression. It's pretty, <laughs> pretty good. <laughs> do you want me to do my <laughs> Wano next? <laughs> Go, please, no. Then we'll have to flag this as explicit content. <laughs> he, uh, We'd have to make a donation to the Anti-Defamation League. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> So, uh, 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 Charlie pulls out a little Hershey bar, then a little, like, nubbin hits him. He's like, oh, what, you throwing things at me? And he picks it up, and, oh, it's Jeffrey's eyeball! Looking suspiciously like the eyeball that was used in Evil Dead 2. That's right. Uh, And he's dressed, by the way, exactly like Ash. Yeah, if Ash was clean. Right. Correct. Clean blue shirt, clean khaki pants. He turns around. uh, He gives one of those great Bruce Campbell horror man screams. Yeah, it's very good. It's real good. Yeah. Uh, And then uh, that's like sort of the beginning of the movie. I get sad because there's no more Bruce Campbell. It's a very sad thing. He's dead now. Yep. That kills me. I felt the same way after Jack of All Trades was canceled, after Briscoe County Jr. was canceled. Oh, good old Briscoe County Jr. I have those DVDs, by by the way, we know the yeah. yeah. Briscoe. Yeah. Fuck yeah, man. Nice. That'd be rad. Uh, uh, so uh, mm. we cut back to Houston at Travacom, and Joe Don Baker shows up. He's like, I got my diamond. Everything is good. He's basically an old-timey prospector who somehow runs a telecommunication business. And there's a weird subplot of him constantly changing the passwords that I don't know what it adds up to. Uh, it's because he's paranoid because they found these diamonds and like this is their cash cow and they don't want AT&T to show up and steal it. AT&T, notorious for their hand in the diamond <laughs> game. Sure. Well, uh, you remember those... Uh, uh, those uh, Something with De Beers? I don't know. I got another... Yeah, <laughs> yeah you're right. Uh, uh, AT&T does lay down their fiber network using diamonds. Right. Absolute diamonds. <laughs> That's why they're so expensive, you guys. <laughs> so uh, Google uses fiber like a bunch of dummies. <laughs> oh, like what? Like uh, like some like a like, like a, a protein bar. Okay, yeah, cool. Yeah, like yeah. A fiber bar. one. Come on, guys. Bar. Okay, if, cool. if anybody blew a ton of money trying to hunt down diamonds for communications purposes in the Congo in 1995, it was MCI WorldCom. <laughs> yeah. Uh, MCI WorldCom, the Packard Bell of phone companies. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, the, they change the password to rootin'dy 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 roo. They come on inside, uh, and they're waiting to link up with Charlie, but he doesn't show up. And then out of nowhere, a big gray blur passes by and damages all the equipment. They don't know what it is, but it looks kind of like a gorilla. But everyone knows gorillas aren't evil or mean or violent, so what oh, yeah. could it be? This movie definitely uh, feels like it set out to debunk the myth of the violent gorilla. <laughs> Only to, like, quadruple down on it being super true. (laughs) Uh, Travis freaks out. He's like, look, 
Ross, you're going into the you're going into the field. You were good in Panama. You can do this <laughs> because it's implied that Karen Ross was there taking down Noriega. I think. Yeah, yeah correct. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, so she was the one that was playing the song Panama on a loop <laughs> to smoke him out of his compound. Uh, so they, uh, she's he's like, I'm gonna get a team together and you're gonna go do this. Uh, we have to find an expedition that's already going to the Congo that you can hijack. Cut to... Uh, two schmucks painting with a gorilla. <laughs> and playing Doom on a computer, but no one seems to be playing it. I guess it's set to attract mode. That's a good point, because we definitely scroll through the apartment and it's, like, and it's the, the paintings of the eye, and then someone is clearly playing Doom... But then we meet the other, the first primatologist whose name I don't know and I don't think I ever learned. Uh, Mr. Curly Hair is yeah. how I uh, Good old thought of him. Mr. Curly. Played is, by Grant Heslov. Is teaching the gorilla how to paint and uh, the Dylan Scott's not, he's going to enter this scene. So who the fuck is playing Doom? Yeah. Now let me ask you this, because I never owned Doom on computer. Uh-huh. Uh, now some games, if you didn't like press start fast enough. I know enough, where you're going Would with it this. go to a demo? And no. No. Oh, okay. At least as far as I remember. I don't think so. The, yeah. The attract mode was mostly for like kiosks and arcade games where it would like entice you to come and play. Interesting, you know, Mark. Not to suggest that I know what your upbringing was like, but that was huge with Madden in most sports games. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah, True. Sonic would play. He would get real mad if you didn't play. Yeah. Well, if you started the game and just let him sit there, he'd start tapping his feet and looking at his wrist. He did not wear a watch, but he definitely looked at his wrist. Yeah. Fun fact: that attitude was based on the get it done attitude of Bill Clinton. That sounds about right. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, I cannot stress enough. Google the Sonic Bible. It was the design doc that was drawn up by uh, Sega USA. It is fucking incredible. <laughs> it has all the, the lore of early Sonic that is in no way explored in the game. Because <laughs> yeah, the game, there's not a whole lot of lore. It's just like, hey, this fat guy with the mustache turned all these animals into robots. Better get them. Correct. Yeah. But did you know that Sonic is the son of Chuck Yeager? <laughs> what? Chuck Yeager fucked a hedgehog? Correct. Uh, and when he was a young hedgehog, he lived in a hedge outside of a McDonald's and survived on discarded French fries. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, such cross-branding opportunities. The secret origin of Sonic the Hedgehog. Also, that sounds a little bit like me in college. Right? That's so that you could relate to him as yeah, a character. You could no. really feel for his plight. I definitely feel that. Yeah, mm. my dad was just John Glenn. Who gives a shit, right? Yeah, no. What an asshole that guy was. Uh, uh, by Decades the way, Chuck, Chuck Yeager would have been like seventy when he gave birth to Sonic. When he had like had sex with Sonic's mom, right? Who was a hedgehog? Something yes. like that. Hey, man, Tony Randall had a kid at like seventy-six. That's Ooh, true. Uh, what's his? Uh, Anthony Quinn had a baby in like his eighties. I'm pretty sure. Good for him. Is yeah. that where Randy Quinn came from? <laughs> Randy Quinn? I meant Randy Quaid, but you realized did. that that wasn't his name. <laughs> but I still kept going because I figured if I said it with enough confidence, we'd move on quickly. Nope. <laughs> now I can't stop thinking about it. Nor should you. Randy Quinn sounds like the name of a lady who would be in like late night Skinamax movies. Right. Correct. No, it's it's like if, if uh, Fargo for Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman. This is the modern <laughs> Dr. Quinn is Randy Quinn. <laughs> uh, so um, uh, we uh, we meet uh, 
Peter Elliot, Dr. Peter Elliot, the famous primatologist, who is teaching a young gorilla, a seven-year-old gorilla named Amy, to speak using sign language and a power glove. Yeah. <laughs> and a backpack. Yeah. It is very unclear because they're like, we taught this gorilla how to talk. Well, you didn't. You taught it sign language, and this machine, like, translates it into speech. But also... They communicate with this gorilla using sign language, but then halfway through the movie, just talk to her. Yes. Yeah, they just talk to her, yeah. Uh, so they have a little, like, P.T. Barnum-esque demonstration in the university's, I'm going to say, cafetorium, it looked like. Yeah. yeah, the old Berkeley cafetorium. Yeah, they're trying to drum up investors uh, so they can bring Amy back to the Congo yeah. to teach other gorillas how to speak sign language so they can learn the mysteries of gorillas. And it is very poorly attended. And even if you think that the science is bunk, dude, a chance to see a gorilla, I'm fucking, I'm there, yeah, man. Even if the gorilla doesn't talk, it's still... It's gonna be in the room. A real-life gorilla. Right? Amy makes a literal entrance running down the aisle. <laughs> like like high-fiving people. As right, she yeah. Like Axl Rose, like, running onto stage. He's about to do Welcome to the Jungle. He's like, sprints on stage. She did scream, Give me the reggae! <laughs> uh, see, I just remember her going, Do you know where you are? <laughs> you are the jungle baby <laughs> baby <laughs> amy gonna die <laughs> nah 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 knees amy knees. amy amy where do we go now where, where do, do we, we go, go now amy where do we go now take amy down to <laughs> paradise city well we can't Paradise do that City. Because it's raining. But you know that nothing lasts forever, even cold November rain. Now jump through this wedding cake. <laughs> <laughs> and now we've got a show. <laughs> so uh, they do this thing. There's a couple investors in the audience who seem really into it. Yeah. But like, one like of them is rooms. Tim Curry. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh, Tim Curry is almost erotically into it by yeah. his face. Well, Tim Curry is almost erotically into everything. Correct. True. You may have noticed that this Tim Curry was played by one Tim Curry. Yeah. Whoa. Right? And the Tim Curry that Tim Curry plays is also named Herkimer Hermoka. <laughs> yeah. Take that, Romania. They spent exactly two minutes coming up with that name and never bothered to go back and give him a better one. Yes, yeah. because the main diamond that they use at the end is an actual diamond that was donated by the Herkimer Diamond Mind, and they named him as tribute to them. Wow. That's real fucking stupid. Here's also, what's even crazier. They didn't they couldn't return the diamond to the diamond mine because they actually threw that actual diamond. Out of a balloon into the jungle. Are you kidding me? That is amazing. It's like a it's like a hundred carat diamond, and he literally fucking does, pulls a Sandy Koufax and launches it into the jungle. Oh my god! I wonder how many like interns had their entire all the blood in their body just taken out by the insurance companies. I guess it's like in uh, Hateful Eight where Kurt Russell accidentally breaks that priceless guitar. Right, because they forgot to switch it out. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah, they landed the balloon and they're like, "Okay, great. Uh so you threw the fake diamond, just give me the real one and we'll uh y- you have the real one, right? G- w- guys, wait. No, this is the fake diamond. Where's the Oh no. <laughs> oh, no. 
And they just get chased Guys, by busty police ladies. Yeah. <laughs> it just, why wasn't that the sequel to Deuce Bigelow, Male Gigolo? <laughs> A whole bunch of grips just like sifting through the leaves looking for diamonds. You guys, that diamond was worth over three million dollars. We gotta get the money in two weeks. <laughs> uh, so, um, Herkimer Hermoka uh, meets up with uh, Peter and uh, Grant Heslov and uh, Amy, and he's like, I want to pay for your expedition. I got the money. I'm a Romanian philanthropist. Don't and... look into that. It, you know, it's a, it's a normal thing that lots of people are. Sure, uh, but before you know it, they got a plane. It's getting loaded up. Everything's okay. There's a cute little bit between Tim Curry and, like, the guy at the airport where he goes, uh, the transport, is there a problem? And the guy goes, only if there's a problem. <laughs> and then they just laugh, and then it cuts. It has nothing to do with anything. It's the best. Well, I mean, then it turns out that they take all of his stuff off the plane because he can't afford it. <laughs> right. Well, he can't afford the fuel. He can afford yeah. the plane, I guess. But not the fuel. Right, but luckily, who's there but Dr. Karen Ross, Laura Linney, and she's like, I got the money, I'll pay for your expedition. And they're like, no! The monkey, the gorilla, uh, the gorilla gets jealous. And she's like, shut up, and here's your $56,000 for fuel. Yeah. So they get on the plane, uh, and they land in uh, Zaire, and uh, they get picked up by probably the second greatest character in this movie, Eddie Ventro, as played by Joey Pants, Joey Pants' Hawaiian shirt, and Joey Pants' (laughs) sweet jungle fedora. Yuck, yeah. (laughs) Now, I love that he's wearing the same one earring that he wears in The Matrix, which leads me to believe that that's a rider in his contract. Definitely. I guarantee you that's his regular earring. It's also why he always wears hats. Uh, because he's they'll never you'll never see the top of Eddie, of Joey Pants's head. He always wears no. hats, and it's usually a backwards like golf cap. Yeah, yeah. the reason is the top of his head uh, contains a poem so haunted and evil. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone that were who you to it. gaze upon it, you would be cursed. Uh, so. Eddie Ventro, he's like the local fixer, uh, arms dealer. It seems like a parody of Ace Ventura in some ways. A little bit. He uh, he leads them to uh, their their uh, uh, their new tour guide, uh, their safari guide, uh, the the greatest character in this movie. Oh yeah, the indomitable uh, Ernie Hudson. Yeah, playing uh, Monroe, their great white hunter, though he happens to be black. <laughs> Those are his words. Yep. It's a real awkward joke. Yep. Well, because in the book, he is written very specifically to be a white African man because he was supposed to be played by Sean Connery. Uh, <laughs> but oof. instead, he's played by fucking Ernie Hudson. Yeah. And Ernie Hudson rocks this movie hard. Yeah, he is incredibly charismatic. He's yeah. got this sweet kind of British accent. Like, kind of like that sort of like North Atlantic, Mid-Atlantic, like old accent that everyone had in like the 30s. I yeah. think it's 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 close to a South African accent, but then kind of like muddied by different African regionalisms. That yeah, he might and it's very aristocratic travels. sounding. Sure, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, so uh, they they get into a truck. They they fucking steal a truck. They, they steal hijack a truck. Oh, yeah. military truck yeah. after the prime minister's Mercedes Benz is exploded. The president's on Mercedes the tarmac gets over up their shoulder. On the tarmac. Yeah. Yeah. Mentioned... Oh, there's a coup happening, by the way. Yeah, I don't know if we made that clear. Yeah, this this uh, area of Africa is under constant political turmoil. They're on the, their third government in two years. Uh, so they hijack this truck. 
They talk their way out of the airport, uh, but... They the, need to get to the Congo before the border is shut down. Correct. Right. Unfortunately, at the next checkpoint, they are caught, and they are brought in for questioning at this hospital. Uh, so, like, Peter and curly-haired guy uh, are getting, like, hammered by the questions, and curly-haired guy's just like, this is so Kafka. And then the interrogator goes, who's Kafka? Yeah. <laughs> Get it? Yeah. Because Kafka's a writer? Right. Yeah. It's I, wrote yeah. about existential dread? You know, here's the thing. I think that if and more people were familiar with Kafka's work, they wouldn't bendy his name about so carelessly. Sure. And if Kafka got his way, no one would know about his work. He wanted that shit burned, burned. when he died. Yeah. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Max. <laughs> so, uh, meanwhile, uh, at the Leonard Hotel, or Hotel Leonard, oh, Hotel Leopold, that's what it is. At the Hotel Leopold, uh, Karen Ross... Monroe and Herkimer Homoka get an audience with the third greatest character in this movie, Delroy Lindo. Yeah. Playing Delroy Lindo. Yes. Yeah. Uh, he is a local. Uh, is he a colonel? They they rank him at. Some yeah, I point. think he's a colonel yeah. of some uh, of some military. Right, but it's clear that he's just sort of operating his own territory like a governor. Yes. Yeah. 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 He's the moth of this part. Correct. Right. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and he uh, basically brings them in there uh, in a fantastic scene where he demands that they eat, they partake of his coffee and cake. Yeah, because he went to the trouble of putting it out, and it's rude. Yeah, yeah. no, if I was offered coffee and cake by a regional warlord, I'd eat it. Because you know what? That's probably going to be real good oh coffee God, and cake. Oh my God, right? It's you know? probably going to be incredible. Right? Warlords only serve the best. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> so he... Uh, <laughs> He uh, basically tells them, I know everything about your trip. I know Karen Ross used to work for the CIA. Monroe, you know, you've come at the worst time. The president's Mercedes got blowed up and he didn't die, which is even worse. Oh, yeah. Uh, and you, Herkimer Hermoka, yeah, and you, Herkimer Hermoka, get your sesame cake out of your mouth. <laughs> Stop eating my sesame cake. Yep, this is where we find out where this uh, Romanian philanthropist may not be all that he appears. He may be a con man. He may be a giant piece of shit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and he even gets smacked in the face and called a piece of shit uh, by Delroy Lindo. Incorrect. He's called a bag of shit. Right. True. Multiple times. And he's hit in the face with a horse whip. Like yeah. the handle of a horse whip. It's beautiful. Now, here's the thing. The movie kind of tips his hand by casting Tim Curry, who only plays shitbags, <laughs> extraterrestrial transvestites, and butlers. And I'm going to go out on a limb and say that this character is not an extraterrestrial transvestite nor a butler. That true. leaves us with shitbag. <laughs> yep, that's true. Uh, so shitbag Homolka is taken out of the room. Uh, they bribe Delroy Lindo with 50,000 cool dollars, which he puts in his handy crumpled up paper bag that he keeps just for bribes hanging around. Yeah, and he staples, staples it, it because he wouldn't want anybody peeking. <laughs> which you is one of the best line deliveries I've ever even heard. Don't yeah. want nobody peeking. <laughs> and I get that. You know, like, as a, as a boss, as someone in a position of power, you do want to trust your employees, but you know that the temptation is going to get the better of them at oh, some yeah. point. So you really want to put... You don't want to deny them access to the crucial information that they need to complete their tasks. But you do want to make it just a little bit of uh, friction for them to break the rules you 
really don't want them to break so that they can pause and take the time to think, is it worth it to violate this good man's trust in me to satisfy my own curiosity? I say no. I say you can't put a price on that look in your boss's eyes where he knows he didn't peek at his bribe bag. (laughs) His rumpled paper brown bag that clearly only exists for receiving bribes. Yes, he's very organized. Yeah, but he keeps a stapler on his silver tray. Yeah, he's very organized. Also, Deborah Lindo is just so charming in this like three minute scene. He's killing I want to take him home and just like... I want to give him coffee and cake. I want him to run my checkpoints. And here's the thing that infuriates me the most about this movie is scenes like this, where you could be making a good movie and we could be watching a good movie, but you decided not to for a lot of it. Disagree. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, they are able to get through the checkpoint simply because they happen to have a gorilla. Uh, nobody wants to look bad in an American movie being mean to a gorilla, so they let them leave and go uh, get to a, another airplane. We get another uh, loading up an airplane montage. Boy, God, you can't damn. have too few of those. I love when shit gets put in buckets. And this is where we find out. And this is where we find out for sure. Herkimer Homolka's. Uh, not only a scumbag, but maybe a murderer. Yep. Because uh, Monroe mentions that Herkimer Hermoka has been on the lookout for the lost city of Zinj, which is the uh, legendary resting place of King Solomon's diamond mind. And the last time he led an expedition out there, two people died in the jungle. One suffered a suspicious gunshot, which uh, Herkimer says it was an unfortunate, a ghastly unfortunate suicide. Right. Uh, creepy eye, look back, forth, back, forth. <laughs> no big deal. Uh, and only Herkimer Hermoka survived, being dragged out of the jungle by Monroe. Monroe yeah. Kelly. Monroe Kelly. Uh, and so now he's there and he's like, look, all right, fine. We're going to go look for this. Just, I just want to get this monkey up there. That's all I care about. And they're like, it's a gorilla. And he's like, whatever. Is this the plane ride where they give the monkey a martini? This is the no. plane ride? Yeah. That was the first plane oh, ride. Oh, that was the first plane this ride. This is the right. plane ride where we're going to parachute. Oh, this yeah. is where they give him a drugged banana. Yeah, this yeah. is when we drug him with a banana. This gorilla, by the way, is having an epic lost weekend. <laughs> yeah. Just constantly fucked up. This gorilla has had a dirty martini, two olives... Stole Ernie Hudson's cigar. Yeah. <laughs> and now is on a cargo plane uh, flying into the Congo from uh, Tanzania uh, and uh, gets a, a doped up banana. Yep. Yeah. Uh, then, uh, oh, that's right. The Air Force starts shooting Stinger missiles at them. <laughs> uh, and this is where Karen Ross's CIA training really takes over because she. Kicks open the door of the plane while it's driving, pulls out a flare gun, and fires the flares out so the heat-seeking missiles go after the flares and not the plane. Well, Monroe Kelly sees this, and they goes back there, and they do a little cue, like, tandem shoot, where yeah. they shoot at the same time. Now, oh. this sounds very exciting, but it is so devoid of tension. <laughs> Disagree. It's very dull. <laughs> it's 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 a great like idea in theory like shot out, but you are this movie never. I agree with John where you never quite have stakes. You're never like, oh man, I'm worried about what's gonna happen or oh well, shit, this could go completely out of hand. It's, and it, and again, I also I'm very biased. I love this movie. I'm aware of its badness, but I love it. <laughs> and I will say this: every action movie in this.
this scene looks like they did a one day of shooting and they were like I think we got enough yeah, and then never went back we'll find it in the edit don't worry yeah. yeah and they get to the edit and they're like you guys only shot like 60 seconds of footage uh, crank it in a very slow motion. Yeah, right? <laughs> Turn it way down. We'll be fine. Uh, so eventually, uh, everyone on the plane puts on some uh, some parachutes, and they do a big old tandem. Everyone's jumping off. Monroe Kelly takes Amy the gorilla and rides on down with them on a parachute that's apparently rated for one adult human and one adult gorilla. Yeah, it's a parachute <laughs> built for two. She's only seven. Dad, she's reached sexual maturity in gorilla years, buddy. Uh, Much so. That's yeah. terrifying. <laughs> Gorillas should get an education. <laughs> she speaks English and paints. I mean, I guess. And maybe plays Doom with psychic powers? <laughs> We're not sure. She's smarter than all of us. She's like a fire starter, but just for playing Doom across the uh, room. Are you now, when you say fire starter, do you mean Drew Barrymore fire starter or I'm the fire starter, twisted fire starter? I actually was thinking of that one episode of Furry Kuri. I think it's the second episode where it turns out that the giant TV robot that came out of the main character's head after he got hit by a bass guitar that was weird wielded by an interdimensional alien, uh, starts lighting fires across the city as a way of getting attention of a despondent woman who lives under a bridge. Oh, I didn't know they made a anime based off of Nobel Prize winner Marie Curie. <laughs> yeah. It's not very true to her life. It takes a lot of liberties. Uh, for instance, I think she used a Gibson axe to get the uh, interdimensional sure. yeah. TV robots out of young right. boys' heads. Right, right. As opposed to the SG that they use in Correct. the show. Gotcha. She did have a yellow Vespa, and she was very good at eating spicy bread. So, I'm sorry. They nailed that. I'm sorry, did you say spicy bread? Correct. Yeah. What's that? Uh, it's bread, but spicy. Got it? I'm into it. I want four. <laughs> Guys, let's just fucking watch Furry Curry. It's great. I don't think that's true. <laughs> but then again, don't believe me. I like Congo. <laughs> so uh, now they have all uh, arrived in the Congo, or at least close enough. The mighty Congo, yes. where the lion sleeps tonight. At this time, it's still Zaire. <laughs> Correct. No, they violated the airspace to get into... Oh, Zaire. Oh, yes, you're right. It's not the People's Democratic Republic. No, no, right. No, no, no. So they have to walk into the Congo now. Uh, and so begins uh, the travelogue portion of this yeah. film, uh, where there's lots of walking, not so much talking, and every time something kind of dangerous happens, it is immediately resolved in seconds. Correct. Like the time when uh, Kahega, who is uh, Monroe's sort of like... Uh, side like like his like right hand man. He's played by Mr. Echo from Lost. Yeah, uh, nice. a in the dark in the rain smoking a cigarette. A fucking poisonous snake comes out and the music swells up and you're like, oh fucking snake fight. They lock eyes as if, oh yes, you old opponent. And I then, shall show you the respect of a gentleman's duel. Then he just cuts it. And yeah, he's got to, like it's yeah. a branch. It's and perfectly then, fine. Dead. And then walks away. That's totally cool. In fact, pretty sure that if he didn't do that, the snake would have just lost interest anyway. Yeah. And then we get kind of like a montage of them putting out their tents and walking in the rain and then putting out their tents in the rain. They got air conditioners for the tents. They got sweet tents. Super cool yeah. tents. Uh, there's like a part where like there's a mudslide. Yeah. Uh, then they see another plane get shot down. They're like, oh. 
Poor dummies. And uh, the Dylan Scott gets a leech on his penis. Dylan Walsh. Walsh. Yeah, Dylan Walsh gets a leech on his penis, and to get it off, Monroe Kelly gives him his lit cigar yeah. to burn it off. Right. Yeah, guys, we've all played Metal Gear Solid 3 Snake Eater. We know that the way to get a leech off is to burn it off with a lit cigar. True. I have not played this game. Is that oh, a thing that can happen? Fuck yeah, and it's great. D- Elab- End of sentence. Oh, no, no yeah, further no, elaboration? I don't want to spoil it for you. I'm never going to play it, John. <laughs> you can beat it in like eight hours. That's very short and very good. All right, fine. I'll let you borrow it. I got is the that HD the one, collection. Is that the one it. where uh, it, at the end it has like the naked cartwheeling guy? No, I have no idea what you're talking about. Don't worry, like, you play as, like, the guy with silver hair, Raiden? Oh, okay, that's uh, Metal Gear Solid 2. Gotcha. And it's actually a very thoughtful deconstruction on the hype cycle of sequel video games. But it has a naked cartwheeling man, right? Yeah, that's part of the message, dude. <laughs> Rock on, naked cartwheel man. <laughs> I never thought I'd have to say that twice in one lifetime, but here we are. Oh, that's good stuff. Uh, uh, did we talk about the fucking uh, gorilla breaking her fancy satellite phone? Because that's kind of important. Oh, so that was oh, where yeah. I was gonna. That was where I was gonna go. Yeah, so yeah, they uh, they set up a link and they they call into Travacom and they're like, "Hey, I'm here." Uh, oh, also another thing is that before she left, the guy was like, "Get me my diamond." She's like, "I'm going for Charlie." And he's like, "Yeah, that's what I meant, Charlie." And she's like, "If I find out." That you sent me here for a diamond and not for Charlie. I'll make you sorry. So she calls him up. Now we're back into the modern part. So she calls up and she's like, <laughs> flashback. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so she comes back and she's like, hey, I'm here. Everything's okay. And he's like, fantastic. Bah, bah, bah. I will share a beautiful person to walk and talk. I walked around with a railroad <laughs> tie and I beat up criminals with it. And I drank a lot of beer. I'm Joe Dahl Baker. <laughs> uh, and so then she's like, yeah, everything's fine. And then Amy the gorilla runs up behind her uh, but before she, this happens I should point out so Travacom Travis he's like hey <laughs> you know that thing that attacked that other camp I had our primatologist yeah. Yeah. look yeah. over the footage and like they, yeah. they fixed it and this is what it looks like it's some kind of new gray gorilla Let's take a second and just yeah. talk about how this telecommunication company has now, its own in-house primatologist. And yeah. that's where you and I diverge on this. I believe that they simply have a primatologist on retainer. I don't think they go so far as to give it a salary. I'm going to go with, I'm pretty sure primatologist is what in the 90s counted for HR. Correct. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's true. You dealt yeah. with you dealt with monkeys and with like sexual harassment complaints right, in the office. Right, right, right. Usually, it was all just, was all just yeah. lumped together. Exactly. They taught you to paint. It was a big thing. <laughs> yeah. Got it. Okay, mm-hmm. that makes a lot of sense. Have you ever wondered why when you're uh, going in for training on a job and they show you those very out of date training materials, there's all kinds of instructions on how to handle a chimpanzee? Oh, you're God, right, right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's constant. They have fucking Michael Richards playing Kramer, but just barely saying why you should never make eye contact. Sure. And that also explains why all those training videos are uh, give special thanks to the Diane Fossey Research Fund. <laughs> Correct. For right. teaching all those gorillas how to dance. Yeah. True facts. So, uh, meanwhile, then, while she's talking, Amy runs in behind, smashes, knocks everything over. Travis goes, no, no, no. Yeah, uh, he gets very mad at the drop of a hat. Yeah. Sure. He gets mad at someone holding a hat as if they potentially may drop it. <laughs> he has wild mood swings. Cavalier hat holding, one of his pet peeves. <laughs> You're gonna drop it! <laughs> then it'll get dirty, and how will it protect your head then, huh? <laughs> 
freaks out and they're like, well, oh well, Amy broke all the sensitive equipment by slightly bumping into it and then having it fall onto soft grass. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Because apparently all the Travicom's equipment, even though it may someday be diamond powered, <laughs> is made out of that paper that they make buildings with in Japan, yeah. I think. Yeah, well that's why they have to get on this diamond upgrade technology. <laughs> Did you ever wonder why? Oh, they're skipping past sticks, stones, and metal and going right to diamonds. Oh, yeah, yeah, correct. Correct. In the test your might screen of this Mortal Kombat <laughs> arcade machine. <laughs> uh, and so, yeah, they wander around for a little while. They take a boat. Or they get on some, like, uh, whitewater rapids. And then uh, they get onto a little... It's less an adventure and more like you're watching really boring slides of someone's summer abroad. Yeah, and, and then they get attacked Bush Garden style from giant <laughs> animatronic hippos. Does that happen in Bush Garden? I have to assume as much. I've never been there sober. I <laughs> well, yeah, I don't think you're allowed to be sober at Bush Gardens, <laughs> right? Because the, the, the minute you walk in, they're just jamming like a 30 rack of bush in your hands. <laughs> yep. That stuff is basically hey, water. God bless those people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, man, did you, speaking of, of um, alcohol naming rights, did you see that Miller Park, the Milwaukee Brewers, the Milwaukee Brewers yeah. baseball park, uh, Miller, the company, has lost naming rights to oh, it. No, and it's been bought by a non-beer company. <laughs> what? So it's gonna—it's like a financial company or something uh, like that. So it won't be like anything even closely related to brewing or beer. Nice. <laughs> That's what they get the fuckos. Yeah, you dumb idiots. They beat the Cubs to See, get into man, the playoffs, and that just really bummed me out. Still, guaranteed rate going downfield was just the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, yeah, they get attacked by some, uh, uh, big animatronic hippos. Huge animatronic hippos. Yeah, they're very big. Yeah. Or they're just real close to the camera. It is hard to tell. Yeah, it's dark. Yeah, it's, everything is done in the dark, uh, with, with lots Vaseline. of slow-mo shaky yeah. cam. <laughs> with Vaseline smeared on the lens to kind of hide all the googlies. Uh, yeah, it's real bad. Um, but the, the 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 hippo attack is mildly exciting. It ends as quickly as it began, as in bite, no, shoot, swim away. Yep. Yeah. The the hippo doesn't so much swim away as it does open its mouth and slowly retract into the water. Right. Yeah, because what you're not seeing is below the surface of the water, all of its uh, hippo friends that are more sober than it are just like, dude, it's not worth it. It's not worth it, man. Come on. Come on. They're going to call the cops and you're going to get in trouble. That's not fair. Come on. Let's just go back to the bar. It's fine. I'm sure what's really down in the water is a bunch of poor Stan Winston company interns having to pull a one-ton hippo puppet back into the water while they've got scuba gear on that doesn't fit. They've just got snorkels. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So they finally uh, make it out of the water and they find themselves... uh, uh, oh, there's also the scene where they meet that like ghost tribe. Yeah, I think yeah. we're coming up on that. So they get out and yeah. then they're hanging out and talking, and they're just two guys standing over their shoulder, and they're like, "Whoa, there's two guys there." And yeah, Ernie Hudson's, and Ernie Hudson's like, like, "That means there's actually twenty. That means there's probably like twenty guys." Yeah, and they're sort of like a uh, one of those like lost tribes of people. Yeah, it's um, deeply uncomfortable. Yeah. It's very weird. Yeah, good old nineties. Yeah, so they take them. They basically say, "We found a white guy and he's dead," and she's like, "Oh no!" And then he has Ernie, a, he has a weird emblem on his chest and it's the TC logo yeah, of Travacom. Yep. Uh, and 
This is the best line in the whole fucking movie, by the way. And Ernie yeah. Hudson, Ernie Hudson says the you know the the ghost people have many many words for dead. They have many levels so of dead. dead. No one's really dead until they're dead. <laughs> so dead. And it's like all right. That's I mean that's very poetic and all, but it doesn't really help communicate what the condition of this person is. And this is some no. princess bride shit, right? Yeah. Exactly. It's like, Mostly dead is still somewhat alive, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they perform a very culturally appropriated from Eastern cultures uh, soul song asking. To Don't get look it at back. me. Yeah, they're you're the one who's seen this movie more than once. They're doing a dance to get the, the to call the soul back into the body of this guy who's laying there unconscious. Right, because if his body moves, his soul won't be able to find his body. Right, and what's important is it totally fucking works. And True. they drag Laura Linney up, and she, like, pulls him over to a tree and kind of gives him the, like, hey, kid, how many fingers am I holding up? Whoa. And he says, ah, and dies. And then he because... screams and dies because he sees Amy the gorilla, and he just loses it and dies. Because yeah. he's clearly been attacked by something. Bum, bum, bum. Gorillas. A gorilla also, for sale. <laughs> Also, the guy who dies is played by Oscar-nominated actor John Hawks. Yes. <laughs> oh, good for him. <laughs> His one line is, ah! <laughs> Hey, yeah. man, that shit gets a sad card. I was going to say, he had to get 10 points. Yeah, yep. right? Uh, so now they uh, they end up uh, trudging through, they climb up this mountain, and they finally make it to these ancient ruins. And it's here yeah. that Herkimer Hermoka's like, ah, I know this symbol. It's the eye. I've it's got the it on this open eye. I've got it on this yeah. ring. It's the same thing that Amy's been painting. We made it. We're at I the city of Zin. Want to take this point to note that the eye on the city, the eye that she draws, and the eye on his ring are the most generic. Eric fucking eyeball. And they're I all been... different. Yeah. None, none of them, none of are, them the same. are even kind of close to the same, <laughs> even though they're not special in any way. Also, all of the one, the one on his ring, the ones that uh, Amy paints, the, all the ones she sees in her dreams, they all have a black pupil. The eyes when they get to the temple, no, no black pupils. pupils. Yeah, they're just like a weird gym purple. So yeah. obviously, everyone's full of shit. Correct. <laughs> So anyways, they get in, uh, they decide to, uh, they come across uh, a Hershey bar wrapper, and that is when uh, Karen Ross is like, oh shit, this is where Charlie was. Because clearly Charlie's the only human being ever in the history of humans to eat a Hershey bar. Now, here here is where I felt... One quarter portion of a Hershey bar. Correct. I, I felt the deepest pangs of nostalgia for this particular scene, because they hold up the Hershey bar wrapper... And it's a 1990s full-size Hershey bar. Oh, yes. That thing was the size of your face. That's right. right. Yeah. God damn it. I miss when that was like 50 cents. Yeah. Yep. It was a different time. I remember getting angry when the vending machine chalked it up to 75 cents for that Hershey bar. Oh, yeah. I thought that was outrageous. Highway robbery. Correct. And now they're over a dollar. That is nutrageous. Ooh. Right, but nutrageous is really good. Very good. Yeah. What kind of? Magic? I always go for a hundred grand over a nutrageous, but I wouldn't say no to a nutrageous. Oh, sure, I love no, grand. I grand. The nutrageous is basically just like a uh, a slightly softer payday bar wrapped in chocolate. Correct, and I like yeah. the idea of a payday bar, but it's always too like 
tough. Yeah, it's practically peanut brittle, just yeah. lightly chocolate. Yeah, yeah, you gotta like really mm. warm it no, up. No, the payday doesn't have any chocolate. It's just the peanuts. And oh, peanuts. is it just it doesn't yeah. even have any chocolate? No. Yep, yep. Oh, I'm thinking of a baby Ruth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 yeah, 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 and a baby no, fuck Ruth. A, fuck that thing, the payday. Yeah, ooh, that's no payday. Payday is no good. No. no, you know, here's how you do a payday. If you got a radiator at home, you put the payday on the radiator for like ten minutes, get it nice and warm. That starts to loosen up that that caramel inside. So it's like oh, yeah. the opposite oh, of a Charleston chew. Yeah. yeah, a Charleston chew you put in the freezer to get nice and hard, so you can murder people with it. <laughs> right, Correct. so, so you can, it's a deadly weapon. So you can like. You Whittle stab, parts of it yeah. off into a shield. You stab someone and then it melts and there's no murder weapon yeah. left behind. <laughs> there you go. That's, speaking of that though, like I can't keep a Hershey bar from melting in my regular apartment. How was Bruce Campbell doing that in the Congo? Well, here's the thing. There was less, and this is true, there was less wax in the chocolate of Hershey bars in the 90s. Yeah. <laughs> but more spider parts. Correct. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, like, I see. So the spider parts are holding it together. Yeah. There's Word. some sort of like uh, of consortium of professional bakers that are literally sending petitions to Hershey because they put too much wax in their Hershey kisses and they don't melt in baking at all anymore. Ugh. Gross. Yep. Ugh. Yep. I'd say go to Nestle, but they're a bunch of... They're also... They're basically they war criminals. Yeah. yeah. They yeah. are. There's several kinds of war criminals. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. It's Cadbury that's a subsidiary of Nestle. Yeah. Who owns Toll House? Can I eat Toll House? Buddy, Toll House is a free agent, my friend. Nope. But, no kid. What? Nestle. Nestle, Nestle Toll owns Toll House. Toll House? Oh, you're right. Son of ten bitches. God yep. damn it. I just want good British Cadbury. That shit's delicious. Yeah, it really is. There's you nothing like a, it. You can in Canada. Can you? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's because they're, you know. Part of the Commonwealth. Ooh, yeah. Could we smuggle? I mean, oh, yeah, you, you can just tell them you have chocolate. Oh. It's not contraband. Guys. Uh, unless you try to bring a Canadian Kinder Egg over the border. Because that shit still has the prize. Hazard. Yeah. Still in the chocolate. And that shit is unacceptable. Because <laughs> it's still got the yolk, right? No, 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 no. no, no, no. A Kinder Egg is uh, like a chocolate egg that has like a toy in the middle. Ooh. So when you like br- bite into it or like crack it open, there's like a toy inside oh, of it. Like a little army man or something yeah, yeah. like that. And but yeah. thankfully but, but years our government ago, is protecting our children from yes. choking and dying on these guys. Some years ago, some dumb shit kid would like, boy, choked on a toy. Buh. Guys, 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 him. you're all missing the big picture. Right now, we have no government. Let's get a fucked on of tricks. <laughs> He's like, yeah. Oh, man, I'd be so pissed if I got busted by the feds right now. <laughs> How does it feel to be Ed Burke? You're like, oh, the three guys that are still working. <laughs> Busting my nuts. <laughs> Look, guys, I know you're furloughed. I'm going to give you a $5 coupon for Grubhub if you just look the other way on this. You want some of that sweet workers' comp money I control? <laughs> I'm just saying, if you're, it's like the purge. If you want to like commit some tax fraud, do it now. Now is the time. It'll take them years to catch you. Assuming they give a shit to go back and do... Like, when I go on vacation and come back to work, I don't catch up on the work I missed. No, that shit wrong. just never happened. Right. That's true. Those emails don't exist anymore. Nope. So, uh, at this point, they've... Sorry, I'm committing a lot of tax fraud over here. (laughs) Yeah, no, I understand. We're going back to the podcast? Yeah, well, I'm trying to save your career. (laughs) (laughs) Joke's on you, I already quit. (laughs) I meant your podcasting career. Oh, I don't get paid for this. You're getting paid for this? I'm mad at you again. Dude, think of the likes we could get if John got swatted. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Although I don't know how that would work in audio form. Oh, that's true. Or not live. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, you know, we still post it as if it were live later. Correct. We're not going to edit out the part where you're like, oh, fuck, I totally paid my taxes. And then there's like that punching sound. (laughs) (laughs) You know, that sound that comes what from punching. (laughs) Yeah, I'm into it. Yeah, so, the, the feds don't have their guns anymore. They just use blackjacks to subdue them. <laughs> oh, we're, we're, back in, we're back in the Britain. We're back in Britain. <laughs> yeah. yeah, now they're the Good bodies. old Blackjack Davies back to set things right. He's not going to let the Scots get all uppity again. <laughs> so, uh, here we are at uh, the, 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 the ancient ruins. Uh, a couple of people like break off and go in, and they leave curly-haired guy and two of the porters behind. Yeah, no, they separate Amy. out into the blue barracudas and the silver monkeys. And... There is a giant Olmec statue oh, that yeah. looks like at any minute it's going to start asking them trivia questions. What was red? Uh, red, the red scorpion. Yeah, maybe. Oh yeah. No, I, I remember was that all, all none of the animals were like the animal groups that they were in. They weren't all necessarily indigenous to the place where Olmec was supposed oh, to be. Oh no, 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 no. And also, the questions Olmec asked generally had nothing to do with the period of history he was trying to represent. No, also no, correct. No, 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 well, Olmec, you got to remember, is like a, a, an entity out of time. We really can't judge him by our earthly standards. Sure. I just know that Olmec is like a giant, like he's like a Aztec or, or like an Aztec or Mayan pyramid, so central to South America. And then he's like, the treasure of Olmec's temple today is Galileo's telescope. <laughs> yeah, because he's just been Doctor Whoing through time and space, stealing important artifacts. Uh. This week it's. Amelia Earhart's helmet. (laughs) Where in time is the embittered statue of Olmec? (laughs) It's a great, I think, crime drama. Uh, so uh, the the team that go, the strike team that goes inside <laughs> yeah. uh, goes and they're kind of looking around. The place is covered in hieroglyphics. They can't quite figure out what's going on. Uh, and it seems as if all the exits are blocked off. They don't know what's going on. Harkamar Hamalka's very upset. He yeah. just keeps going. No, no, no. Because he can't find the diamonds, which is what he came for. Right. Right. Meanwhile, outside. Uh, a bunch of crazy things happen, and uh, a curly haired guy gets like flushed inside. He's covered in blood, uh, gashes, and he's like, Help me! Help me! And then this is probably where, falls to his death. Yeah, this is where the movie slips a tab of acid into itself, and yeah. every light has a tracer. Because Everything's in slow motion. The yeah. sound no longer corresponds to the image. Yeah, because a gray gorilla runs in, sprints in, throws one of the porter's heads at Ernie Hudson. It bounces off of his chest. Yeah, they, they know how out. to intimidate their victims. Right? They pull out all their automatic weapons and just start firing wildly. And then it turns into uh, it's kind of like the uh, the climax of the Ang Lee Hulk movie, yes. where the final battle is done. In pictures in the sky, right? <laughs> it's very impressionistic. Yes, <laughs> correct. Uh, but what it really is is we only shot thirty seconds of footage. Yeah, please fix this. Oops, yeah. our gorillas look dumb as shit. Yeah, no, this whole scene turned out to be garbage. So let's just like uh, let's slow it way down and make everything super fuzzy. Yep. So they uh, they they manage to uh, uh, kill a couple of the gorillas. The other ones escape. They leave. Amy like jumps out and goes. Bwah! 
Because she's a real jokester. Yeah. Meanwhile, Amy's had her own little side story where she's like flirting with the silverback gorilla with tiny beady little eyes. Yeah. (laughs) And nothing comes of this. No, that's not true. So she marries at the end. Sure. Don't you remember? Here's the thing is it's it feels like its placement in the movie is that oh they're planting this setup of these good gorillas coming in to rescue our besieged heroes. Sure. That a thousand percent doesn't happen. Yeah. Oh, no. Well, no, the no, movie's no. kind of trying to set up like a Dino Riders situation. Correct. Where the good, the good dinosaurs are treated kindly by the good guys, yeah. but the bad dinosaurs <laughs> are whipped and beaten by the bad guys. <laughs> right. So they are browbeaten into serving them, which makes them less powerful than the good dinosaurs who are fed like candy bars and I don't know, fucking flowers or whatever those dinosaurs eat in the future. Yep. I don't know. It's it's a great cartoon show, though. You should watch Yo, it. Oh, yeah, it totally is. It's like yeah. G.I. Joe's with dinosaurs. Yeah, it was the raddest fucking toys, uh, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no kidding. They had, like, like their version of the G.I. Joe, like, super, like, aircraft carrier was a fucking Brachiosaurus that, like, just had, like, a Ooh, city on its back, basically. Yeah, that sounds rad It, it was now. fucking dope. Uh, so they run back outside and they set up their... This is where they decide to go fucking get murked. They set up a perimeter of laser beams. I, I, of, like, concussive force laser beams. Yeah. These aren't, like, security trip wires. These will fucking burn you. They, Stop they are, your ass cold. They are straight up Scott Summers, Cyclops from the <laughs> X-Men beams. TC and, is and... just all about using lasers. <laughs> motion censored, motion activated, perfect dark style sentry guns. Yeah. Like I, several of them. It's it's weird. It's like when when Tim Cook took over Apple Computer and he's like, guys, guys, the future is all about watches and fingerprints. As soon as uh, Joe Don Briggs was just like, oh shit, our satellite's <laughs> gonna be obsolete in like two weeks. I got it. Sentry guns and concussive laser beams. Fuck yeah, we're saved. Uh, and so they they shoot up a bunch of black light into the jungle. It reveals. All of the semen. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah, the, the, the jungle Navy, is nasty. The Navy semen who have been stranded there for centuries. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, all the leftover extras from South Pacific who yeah. swam there when the war was over. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the, the, the gorillas attack at night, uh, they're probing the defenses, and then they just start running into this laser fence that, again, is literally burning them. <laughs> yeah. And, like, smoke is coming off their burning fur, and they're screaming. Well, yeah. then they knock over a tree that takes out the sentry gun and, like, puts a gap in the laser defense, which yes. is like, oh, shit. But then they look at their little thermal computer and, like, oh, they're gone. Yeah, they're yeah. just all gone. Everything's Okay. Why? Because movie, they only shot 48 <laughs> seconds of footage. Yeah. Then you gotta you gotta deploy that strategically. No, they just keep cutting to Laura Linney <laughs> shooting a fucking Uzi. Which is pretty great. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so the next morning, they go into the mines. Which is the complete opposite of what they said they were gonna do. They're right. like, at Whoa, first light, uh, we're gonna get the fuck out of here. Herkimer and one of the other guys are missing, and so they're like, we're gonna That's go find right. the missing guy. I think guys. Amy is missing at this point. Amy runs missing, off. Yeah. Amy runs off. Herkimer runs off. Which again sets up Amy going to like rally the good gorillas. Right. And so they they go. They're like, okay, we're gonna go find our guys. Then we'll get the gorilla, and then we're getting out of here because the whole place is gonna explode because of a oh, volcano. Oh yeah. By the oh, way, yeah. this diamond mine is inside a volcano. No, no, the whole of the Congo is inside of a <laughs> volcano. I mean, apparently. pretty much, yeah. 
Uh, and so, like, the whole movie, there's, like, little, like, as Bruce Campbell says, the whole place does the shimmies. <laughs> uh, so they go into the mine, and there are just sitting on the ground, not even, like, in dirt or in rocks, just loose, Big, giant, fully cut diamonds. Grapefruit-sized yeah. yeah. diamonds. <laughs> They're not diamonds in the rough. They are polished, and they are angle-cut yeah, they yeah, are, yeah. They're ready to go, Diamonds. buddy. So they get down there and they're like, oh, we have to find an exit and find a way out of here. And then Herkimer Hermoka's just like picking up handfuls of diamonds. And that makes the gorillas mad. So this is where the gray gorillas, we forget our first good look at these gray gorillas. Now, the oh, gray boy. gorillas, uh, they look gorilla ish, except if gorillas were gray. Uh, emaciated and had real bad like face herpes. Yeah, or they look like if you, dermatitis or something. Like you put a picture of a gorilla on a like an open bed scanner, and then halfway through scanning, it closed and jostled the picture just a little bit. <laughs> right. Yeah. That where it's like I oh I see the mistake you've made making these gorillas. <laughs> sure. And the movie never really takes time to say what these gorillas are. We only or know what they wish to do. Yeah. Right. All we know is that they're incredibly violent and very intelligent. And gray. Yeah. They yeah. kind of tell us that apparently they were trained to protect the diamonds. Yeah, yeah, that's what they think. And then they turned against their masters and now they're just like super into protecting these diamonds from just anyone. I guess. Because right. I guess the King Solomon wished on a monkey paw where he's like I wish there were some gorillas to protect my diamond mine from all these humans. Oh no, they're attacking the humans I sent there to work in the mines. I shall split the mines in half and each man shall receive death. Yeah, it's messed up. Yeah. Right? yeah, uh, yeah. So the monk- so the gorillas, uh, they beat Tim Curry to death. <laughs> like, weirdly on but off screen? Yeah. It's confusingly the, well, edited. It's very clearly, like, this is a PG-13 movie and they yeah. don't want to show, like, a skull being caved in. They're okay with a severed head being thrown in a person's face. Right, right. Uh, eyeball getting tossed out yeah. here and there. Uh, so now they're just like lighting up these gray gorillas who are pouring out of holes in the wall like fucking lemmings. Yeah. They're just like jumping out one after another. They're getting and mowed down yeah, by automatic gunfire. Uh, so they're but like, they're, they've got the advantage of numbers. Oh, so yeah. they've like backed the survivors into an inescapable corner. Basically. Uh, yeah, it's a geode. Uh, the Soviet strategy, we call that. Yeah. yeah. They back them into a giant ge- diamond geode. Uh, and then Laura Linney gets a bright idea. She's like, give me two minutes. So she, they find the body of like Bruce Campbell and his buddy. They're dead. Well, Bruce, a dummy in the shape of Bruce Campbell. Yeah, <laughs> correct. And they get, and he's got the, the laser cannons. Yeah, though. the laser cannons. And the super diamond that he was gonna have, she smashes it open, jams it in the laser gun, and then goes a monkey shooting. Oh, this man. next five seconds of movie, fucking is great. very good. Ah, oh, she's she, just sawing monkeys right in half with is, that laser. She is like uh, Luke Skywalker, precision cutting off oh, their limbs. Oh <laughs> man, they're all dying horrible deaths. Yeah, there's like, fuck they're, me. There's a laser. They're, they're literally screwed. Screaming yeah. in pain oh. as she cauterizes them in half. It's amazing. Oh, it's good stuff. Uh, then they so they're like, able to escape, but oh no, the volcano starts like, erupting. Yeah. Super erupting, and the very intelligent gray apes 
uh, well, before that happens... Oh, yeah, they corner our hero, who we keep forgetting to mention. Peter Elliot, the primatologist. Yeah. They <laughs> corner him, and they're about to pummel him to death. But then Amy shows up with her... with Her, her Nintendo b- Power Glove and, and her speaking spell. Yeah, we, and like we have not spent nearly enough time talking about how <laughs> oh, Amy speaks. I think we have. <laughs> we have not. Amy speaks by sign language, and then a voice comes on. She's like, pretty Amy. Amy want raindrop drink. And, you know, ugly lady, pretty Amy. So Amy jumps in. She's like, bad gorilla. Bad ugly go- gorilla. gorilla. <laughs> ugly gorilla. Go away. And go the, away. The gorillas are offended. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> As if they can understand. This is their first, like, exposure to language of any sort. And they're like... I think this monkey's calling us ugly. That really hurts my feelings. They literally all back away when the small female gorilla jumps in. Despite the fact that we have seen in this, like, temple the bones of other gorillas, which tells us that, like, the silver gorillas have been eating other gorillas all this time. Yeah. Yeah. They've been hunting. But Amy comes in and they're like, oh, fuck. It's it's, a real gorilla, guys. This is the point in the movie that the good army of gorillas 100% should enter and have a big gorilla-on-gorilla army fight. This does not happen. Instead, they all get out and there's lava. Yeah, the, the no, this this whole movie would be an excellent prequel to Transformers Beast Wars. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah. if that's what happened next, that'd be amazing. Yeah, yeah. the ground opens up, uh, lava starts filling up the room. The very intelligent gray apes just dive into the lava. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, because they can see that the mine, their raison d'etat, their purpose for living, is being consumed by the earth that bore it, and so they're like, well. Our work here is done. Into the lava we go, I guess. You think the lava? And then there's other gorillas like holding up like signs, like six, eight and a half, (laughs) judging the dives of the other gorillas. That splash was too big. That's gonna cost him. (laughs) (laughs) Ooh, he hit his head on the board. Pulled a Luganus. Ooh. Uh, So, anyways, the uh, the only survivors. Peter, uh, uh, Karen Ross, and and Monroe Kelly and escape. Amy. Well, Amy's gone. She yeah, just Amy's fucking gone. runs She's off. Out, yeah. She scares the other gorillas, then fucks off again. And they finally catch up with her, and she is uh, just kind of getting her mac on with this yeah. silverback with the beady little eyes. Yeah. I cannot overstate how small <laughs> very creepy and close together this gorilla's eyes are. Yeah. I've I've seen a lot of gorillas. Uh, I spent a lot of time at the ape house at the zoo when I go and gorillas faces are like a little wide. Their eyes are a little bit further set apart. They're like kind of like people. Yeah. But this gorilla's eyes are literally right next to each other. Yeah. <laughs> like fucking Caillou or something yeah. like that. If Caillou had hair. Yeah, it's it's very weird. It's very off-putting. And also, our entire cast seems to have forgotten about the giant, fiery volcano of death. Yes. Oh, they have not Exploding forgotten. Exploding right Definitely behind them. Up no, no, they have not forgotten. They forget long enough for uh, the primatologist to get a, get a flower from Amy. Yeah, 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 yeah. But the reason they, they haven't forgotten is because Laura Linney has sent Monroe to open a big box to get a hot air balloon out <laughs> yeah. so they can fly away. Oh, True. Uh, so uh, the primatologist says, you know, I love you to Amy. Amy says, I love you, but I'm going to go be with my people now. 
Which is great, but you got like maybe five minutes to be with your people until your entire jungle is consumed by fiery lava. Yeah, well, that is the question I was wondering too. Is like, what are the gorillas gonna do about the lava? Well, Monroe even Monroe says to him, he's like, "Let her go." The gorillas have been like living here for years. They know what to do. Like they just kind of hand wave it away. Yeah. <laughs> that like, I guess like every year there's an eruption and they're just like, "Well, all right, yeah." Time to board up the windows again. Yeah. I ain't leaving my cave. <laughs> like those shitheads in Florida every time a fucking hurricane comes by. Yeah. Right. It's like, I ain't leaving my house. I I got a juice man in here and I got my TV and my Xbox. I'm going to put up some boards and then we'll be okay. 48 yeah. pack of natural light. <laughs> <laughs> So they go up in the hot air balloon. Uh, they have that very expensive real diamond. That yeah. they just throw into the jungle. Oh, yep. man. And then they uh, they have like a little like laugh to themselves. Yeah, the well, wind, well, the the wind thing, catches before, them. Before we head off into the sunset, we should also note that right before they get in the balloon, Laura Linney links back to Houston. Oh, yeah, right. shit. And, and we forgot about John Baker is there, and, 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 and she's like, His, oh, no, his no, first no. words are, where's the diamond? Yeah, and he just fucking screams it, and she's like, well, what about Charlie? And he's like, where's my fucking diamond? And she's like, oh, well, remember that thing I told you, Sully, about how I'd kill you second? <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, nah, I have no idea what you're talking about. And she's like, I lied. And and then she puts the diamond here's the, the diamond thing. gun dials the satellite's yeah. phone <laughs> number she says i know you put a phone number in that satellite fuck yeah what and would happen if she i calls the- it with a laser and it blows <laughs> up the satellite so i just want to go back to the central theme of this whole idea what if she called me with her telecommunications <laughs> laser? Am I going to blow the fuck up? How is this going to work? What if she called, I don't know, Houston, like she's been doing for the whole movie? Right. Is it just going to bore through the Earth's mantle <laughs> and, and just blast Houston out the other so, side? So let's, let's try to break down the science. <laughs> actual fire. Let's try to break down the science of this thing from what we know. We know that this laser gun, because that's what it is, yeah. is the next wave of telecommunications. Okay? So we yeah. know that. Yeah. Now, the way it works is it has, we are told, a 12,000 channel chip. Whatever that means. <laughs> Bro, the fuck that is. And whatever that means, it's got a lot of voltage. <laughs> because which means putting... the only way that it can be powered is by a diamond, which I guess it just like links to the vibrational pole of the I diamond. No it idea. has to be a flawless diamond, which amplifies the voltage in the 12,000 channels of the one chip. But where does it get the power for that? Because there's no From battery. The there's no battery that can generate that. The diamond, the diamond actually contains the soul of a Daedra. <laughs> I will say this. So a diamond is formed when, when carbon is super compressed. So there's right. a lot of kinetic energy stored inside the diamond. <laughs> My guess is that the laser focuses on that and harnesses it just like... Gambit does when he touches a card. He charges sure. it with kinetic, kinetic energy, energy yeah. and then it shoots that ace of spades <laughs> into space. If you know the phone number of the satellite, oh, if and you it can hits... dial the number of space, yes. And, and the satellite what area code is that one? Obviously. <laughs> now the satellite that, if you know anything about space, is probably moving at tens of thousands <laughs> of miles an hour. Is hit by a stationary laser. Yes. 
Well, the laser, so it goes straight. It goes in a straight line yeah. as far as we can see. But I'll bet if you, like, zoomed out, you could see that it's matching the curvature of the Earth. Oh, see, that's so the problem. So can, like, loop around Got and it. hit the satellite Understand. from any see, point. See, I'm sorry. You assume that the Earth is curved where we know that it's flat. That's where we're right, coming off. Right. Okay, true, that's true, the problem. True, true, true. Right, yeah, gotcha, gotcha, yeah. gotcha. Yeah, Antarctica is just a ring of ice that stops yeah. the ocean from floating into space. Yeah, dude, that's that's yeah. what NASA's for. No, we got to stop it. all those goobers from going over the edge. <laughs> <laughs> They've just got a buoy system. Yeah. Uh, so They've got fucking lifeguards blowing space whistles, <laughs> telling oh, people man. to stop a rough house. <laughs> but seriously, at this, space, this laser shoots into space and it's a, a satellite going 30,000 miles an hour. Well, now here's the thing. Dead, dead in the center. Dead we, center. Dead center. We don't see that. We just see a monitor saying like the status of the satellite and then static. Yeah. Right, so for true. all we know, the satellite could have just been passing some heavy cloud coverage. Sure. That's a good point. And this was all just a coincidence. Uh, Though, as we learned from when the Stinger missiles hit the planes earlier in the movie, as soon as contact is made, all motion stops. Correct. So, yes. like, as soon as the laser touches it, the satellite stops dead in space. Correct. The Earth it, stops spinning, like, everything stops. No, the Earth keeps spinning. It just it hits the engines, so it stops going forward immediately. That's how <laughs> engines work. Definitely. It's also how miniatures work <laughs> so they get in this hot air balloon and they fly away and they're like oh I hope uh, Monroe goes oh wind's picked up and they go I hope it takes us someplace nice me and too credits. <laughs> credits 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 oh, yeah. and that's Congo yeah uh, we will be right oh, back boy. with bullet points All right, we're back, and our very first bullet point is body counts. Are we counting gorillas? Body counts. And we're back. <laughs> Patrick, did you have a question regarding body counts? Yeah, are we counting gorillas? Bearing in mind that technically these gorillas are gorilla-human-chimpanzee hybrids. Yeah. Okay. Wait, does every gorilla death count as a third? Because I'm not doing math. <laughs> okay, real quick, let's let's. I will say this. Yes, the the the, the gorillas are technically hybrids, uh, as we find out in the novel. We'll be dis- we actually discussed this last week on the minisode, so I hope you listen to it. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, but yes, we're gonna say that the gray gorillas count, gray but gorillas regular gorillas people. do not. Right. They count as eight one kill. Yeah. Yes. Okay. One okay. kill per gorilla. Patrick, what's the body count of Congo? A Star Wars story. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go 25. John, what do you think the body count of Congo is? I'm going to go... Congo, written by John Patrick Shanley of Doubt Fame. <laughs> with possibly 27. Ooh, keep it close. Keep it close. Yeah. Playing by Price is Right rules. The only rules that matter, whoever gets the closest without going over wins, the answer is indetermined. <laughs> Every time we Googled it, we kept getting a body count for the Congo Civil War. Yeah. The real-life conflict that yeah. devastated a nation. And it was a bunch of links I didn't want to click. Yeah. <laughs> so, moving on. <laughs> Next bullet point, best kill. Best kill. John, what do you think the best kill of 
Congo is? I'm going to say that first gray gorilla that seeing the writing on the wall jumped into the <laughs> warm embrace of that sweet lava. And followed by a close second of there's one gray gorilla that pushes another gray gorilla yeah. into the lava. Teach him a lesson. I don't think it was necessarily teach him a lesson. I think it's a callback to the scene where Tim Curry is too scared to skydive and he's oh, just yeah. like, push me out. No, push me harder because he has to like overcome his survival instinct. I think yeah. that's what... I think then those he gets two, kicked in the back by Mr. Echo. Yeah. yeah. I think those two gorillas had like a lot of backstory together where it's like, you're my best friend. You're the only person I trust. Push me. <laughs> and okay. with tears in his eyes, he obliged his friend's final request. <laughs> and kicked him into a pit of lava. Correct. Nice. Patrick? Mark, uh, Patrick, I, I just want to go on the record as saying, if either of us find ourselves in a lava situation where escape is absolutely positively not going to happen I would like to be the one to push either or both of you into the lava nah man I gotta sit on the rock and hold out for the giant eagles he's got you there buddy you catastrophes don't happen in real life what? Yeah, you name me one time an eagle has ever done anything good for you or your family. There's uh, that one time they got me cheap insurance. That's true. Nice. God damn it, you got me. <laughs> that's a good eagle. You've been watching that best of Geico bullshit, haven't you? <laughs> hey man, Eagle Man insurance predates those Geico commercials yeah. by at least a decade. Definitely. He had something for you. <laughs> and cost a fraction to make. <laughs> now he's been replaced by the general. The general. Yeah. Uh, Screw that guy. <laughs> uh, who somehow got Shaquille O'Neal to make commercials for him? Yes, he did. Yeah, Very he did. strange. Yeah. Uh, uh, he was in the area. Yeah, uh, right. Good point. Patrick, best kill for I'm Congo. I'm going with the first kill when Kahagi cuts that snake in half. <laughs> yeah. It's just classy. Yeah. It's very classy. Like, it, it's like the tuxedo of kills. <laughs> yeah, like a samurai, he extends only the necessary energy to accomplish his goal. Yeah. There's no wasted movement. And then the snake kind of lingers before it falls off the branch. Good That's stuff. True. Yeah. Uh, I am going to go, uh, Mark, best kill. I'm going to go with uh, a kill we don't actually see, but the porter who gets his head ripped off by a gray gorilla. Yeah. Mostly because his head then gets turned around and used as a slow-pitch softball yeah. <laughs> right, at, right at Ernie Hudson's chest. Yeah. Well, again, it's like, a, it's like a very Game of Thrones thing where it's not meant to do physical damage, but it's meant to damage the opposing army's morale so that they are more vulnerable to the charge. Except all it did was, all it did was like, freak them out and turn into an acid flash. Right. Correct. Yeah. Yes. They all like they're all their minds broke because they had a head thrown at them. But it's super cool to see a giant monkey throw a head at people. <laughs> yeah, that is good stuff. Uh, that's gonna take us to our next bullet point. It's the triumphant return of war crimes. <laughs> war crimes. Patrick, tell me about some war crimes in Congo. <laughs> the movie, not the country. <laughs> I mean, they're a little related here. I'm going to go with bombing the president's Mercedes. <laughs> yeah. I on mean, the tarmac. What was he even doing on the tarmac? He wasn't. His car was parked there. That's yeah, true. The car, it. the car was preparing for takeoff. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was an Apostle car. I got Correct. it. Yes. Yeah, that makes sense. It also turns into a submarine for Ooh. those weekends where you just want to get away. Aww. That's some Richard Branson shit. Correct. John, war crimes. I'm going to say uh, uh, eating too much of that sesame cake. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I was going to go for bribing that colonel, but I don't think that's necessarily a war crime as it is just like corruption charges. Sure. Like, you're not going to show up at the Geneva Convention or like the court at the like Hague. Like fucking Hague, yeah. Uh, for, you know, accepting a bribe here and there. But not for 50 grand. Right, exactly. Yeah. Uh, they're just going to give you a slap on the wrist, if anything. Yeah, you barely end up going into the Cook County uh, courthouse for 50 right, grand. Exactly. You just, you reply to the RSVP and say, no thank you, I will not be attending this hearing. <laughs> right, right. I think they just make you film a PSA. Yeah. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> to be shown to incoming aldermen. But I do think think a laying out uh, coffee and cake and then angrily demanding that people eat of your coffee and cake is entrapment yeah. sure that is entrapment for sure especially because as soon as he starts indulging in the cake he gets beaten by a riding whip <laughs> his stupid cheeks. <laughs> yeah. Oh god, that's a great scene. He takes a crop to the face and gets called a bag of shit. And what I love is uh, Tim Curry is in mid-chew when he is told, stop eating my sesame cake. Yeah, so, so he just has to let it spill out on a plate. Yeah, he's just like, I, I, I don't know how to solve this problem. <laughs> you told me specifically to eat your cake. You were so angry. <laughs> oh, Mark, war crimes for Congo, the movie, not the country. Uh, I am going to go with uh, a handheld portable laser beam that kills satellites. Yeah. It makes calls. It's just for telecommunications. Yeah, no, you can get some SMS on that how? shit. I'm sure. How? 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 how does that work Bow. for making phone calls? How do they get it do? You buy this laser, you put it in your yard, and you dial your friend, and it just like blows a hole in the side of their house, Here's and then you know that Craig wants you to come over and play? Right. Here's what it is. So you buy the laser system, and you buy like a, a giant piece of lead like a sheet of lead <laughs> you dial up your friend who also has bought into the laser system so they have their own piece of lead you type out the message you want to say like hey come play battlefront 2 with me i'm bored and it etches that on their piece of lead <laughs> got it right and, and then, then you, you just have to like <laughs> shave the lead off you yeah. both promptly die of cancer <laughs> hey uh, to be fair, cell phones in the 90s were very cancerous. Oh, yeah. uh, so that's going to take us to our final bullet point. Is this an action movie? Is this an action movie? John, is Congo an action movie? No, and I'm kind of mad at you. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> it is a solid 15 minutes of unimaginably weird and beautiful action filled out by a good hour and 30 minutes of people walking places. It definitely is like mostly just footage cut from David Attenborough's summer vacation. Yeah. <laughs> Sans awesome narration. And that's the thing is there are a couple of scenes that are non-action scenes that are absolute standouts that make me even more frustrated that the rest of the movie could not sustain that level of interest or quality. Sure. Patrick, is Congo an action movie? I'm going to go actually with yes. On the basis that watching Ernie Hudson gruelingly, torturously drag this movie into the barest realm of watchability, that's, that's pretty impressive. And yeah, pretty action-packed. All right. Every time Ernie Hudson's on the screen, he's desperately fighting for me to care about anything. All right, Mark, is this an action movie? I'm going to say no. It's probably more, <laughs> probably more an adventure film, if anything. 
Um, you fucking entrapped us to watch this movie. <laughs> we could have watched Cliffhanger. <laughs> we we could have watched Robin Hood Prince of Thieves, <laughs> which is also not going to be an action uh, movie. Uh, Robin Hood Prince of Thieves, though, is legitimately my dream movie for this podcast. <laughs> oh, there's so much Slater. Yeah! <laughs> Boy. And nobody told him. People told uh, Kevin Costner, uh, your accent's terrible, just drop it. Nobody said that to Slater. <laughs> nope. Which only brings to mind how fucking atrocious was uh, Kevin Costner's accent. Right. It's real bad. You can hear it in some scenes still. That's what I'm thinking, actually, is that no one told him to stop doing his accent. We are watching his English accent. <laughs> uh, so that's gonna... <laughs> oh god, oh he's being attacked by gray gorillas They tracked us down with our laser phones Hold on, let me dial this gray gorilla's phone I think that was more of a dial-up modem than it was a gorilla getting hit by a laser. I saved myself! (laughs) So that's going to take us to our final reviews of Congo, John. No, thank you. Patrick. Nah. Mark, this is the greatest movie of all time. (laughs) I, look, I am well aware. Uh, This is a bad movie. It's, I know it's a bad movie, but it has a very special, deep place in my heart. I saw it at the exact right age. 13 years old when seeing Ernie Hudson and a diamond powered laser beam in the same movie (laughs) meant it was the Citizen Kane of the 90s. It is is your tombstone. It is your hacker. It it very much so is. That trifecta Uh, of films says a lot about us (laughs) (laughs) and how we shouldn't be reviewing movies. Correct. Uh, So that's going to do it for this episode of Body Counts and Beer. I'm Mark Rosendahl. I'm Patrick Bromley. I love you. I'm John Rooney Taylor. And we'll see you next time. Laser phone. Gorilla noise. Satellite explosion. Huh, Mark wants to play Battlefront. Cool. Body Counts and Beer is Patrick Lorenzo Zoyle Bromley, Jonathan Blindspot Rooney Taylor, and Mark Searching for Bobby Fischer Rosenthal. Please subscribe to us on SoundCloud, Stitcher, or Google, or anywhere you get your podcasts from, and leave us a rating or review. You can like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, at BodyCountCast, or you can email us at BodyCountsAndBeer at gmail.com.